I'm Darla Montgomery. And I'm Tracy Wirtz. And on today's podcast, we're going to meet three incredible finalists for our Remarkable Women campaign. These three Acadiana women have overcome adversity to become inspirations to everyone. And one of them could be named as Acadiana's most remarkable woman for 2021. Carol Trosclair, Morgan Olivier, and Pat Mason Guillory share their stories now on 10 Talks Acadiana. 10 Talks Acadiana, the podcast powered by KLFY.com. Visiting with remarkable woman finalist, Ms. Carol Trosclair. Ms. Carol, first of all, welcome. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. Thank you for having me. Okay, I have to ask you, what was your first reaction when you found out that you were a finalist for Remarkable Women? Wow. <laughs> wow. Really? Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Who did this? Who nominated me? You know, I, I was so surprised. I nominate a lot of women for a lot of awards. Mm -hmm. I rarely get nominated for things. So that somebody nominated me and thought enough of me to mm -hmm. nominate me and then you selected me. I was so humble, grateful, appreciative, wowed. Do you know who nominated you? Well, I asked. <laughs> <laughs> so that I could thank them profusely. Right. Because it means the world to me to have $1,000 to give to my son. Do you know what we're doing with the funds, don't you? No, what's that? We're, we're giving it to uh, the Lafayette Public Library Foundation. Mm -hmm. They have a program that if you donate $1,000, they will plate a book every year in perpetuity. Wow. So the library's been around for 75 years. Mm -hmm. This is the Diamond Jubilee. Right. So. From now until Jesus comes, David is going to have, because the library is always going to be here, David's going to have a book plated uh, from, from Nexstar. How special. So it's win-win. David and Nexstar gets the credit. Oh, that's, well, you know what? The, the beneficiaries of that is the children, obviously. Exactly. And the people who are going to read. What a great, thank you so much for doing that. So I have to ask you, we as women and just I think as human beings grow up and there's always someone that we look to or we credit for building us into the people that we are. Who was that person for you growing up, do you think? My mother. Mm -hmm. You know, we look to our mother. Had seven kids, selfless, tireless, just there for us. I mean, mom. Yeah. Unconditional love, you know. Yeah. You just, yeah, your mother. Who outside of your mother do you think as you've grown in, in to a woman and in your career or as a mother, who do you really look up to or who is your biggest influence? I love Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> she does a lot of good mm -hmm. and I just appreciate all that she does. She uses her resources to give back and to give. That's an inspiration to me. What? And I think you answered this when we did the story, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What do you think has been one of, one of, if not the biggest challenge in your life? Losing David, of mm. course, you know. Um, I have a note. He wrote me just before he died. Just, he, he came in my office. I wasn't there. And he, and he wrote a note and said, Mom, just want you to know I love you and I appreciate everything you do for me. And that, that little note is still in my office. It's just a keepsake treasure. How special. Now, David is one of two children. Two. Right? I had a, a, a daughter first and then my only son. All right. And, and your daughter, what does she do nowadays? She, she teaches in China. 
she uh, she gets up at four in the morning. She, there's 13 hours difference, mm -hmm. and she starts at 4:30 our mm -hmm. time and teaches till um, it's their bedtime over there, and she teaches English. How that yeah. that's fascinating. It, that's all, that's worth a whole nother segment. Huh? Exactly. Really. <laughs> they love her, and she loves them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How how long has she been there? Several years. No mm -hmm. kidding. So, what do you think your greatest accomplishment has been to date? You know, I, there, I always say, Tracy, there's no I in team. So, raising all this money for David's scholarship, it with the community, it, the community has come together and support and. It's just amazing to me. Um, I was at a coffee shop yesterday, and nearly everybody that walked in is somebody that's bought tickets. I was with, in fact, uh, Nicole Jones from UL the Foundation mm -hmm. talking about David's scholarship and what are we planning? We were planning for this year, and and I kept introducing her. They and they bought tickets and they bought tickets. You can. It's really a community effort. I mean, it's fabulous to me. There's so many nonprofits and so much good that our community does and that we have all these people that support mine too. I'm just grateful. So, you know, in talking to you and even, you know, right prior to us recording this and, and reading um, about you and, and what, you're, what you're part of, you do, you do so much. Of course, the, the scholarship seems to be <laughs> the beacon. But there's so many things that you have your hands in. Tell us a little bit about those and what what your hobbies are, what makes Carol tick. Ah, thank you for asking. Um, I, it just, it didn't start out though. I just, I joined things and then you know how you just volunteer and you have good ideas. <laughs> okay, well then you be, then will you be? Mm -hmm. So I'm the vice president of the Lafayette Parish Public Library Foundation. Mm -hmm. I'm on a women's uh, chamber. I'm on the membership committee. I'm on the uh, events committee. I like planning things. I'm on Women's Energy Network. I'm with uh, International Women's Forum. I'm on the Women's Symphony League. Just you, you just get involved in things. I'm Connections Professional Women's Association. The list goes on and on. Yeah. You just I'm just I love to be involved in the community and make things better. I'm on the Keep Lafayette Beautiful board. Mm -hmm. I've been appointed by the parish council on that. So wow. I have my hands in, in a lot of things on the petroleum club yeah because you're a landman because i'm a landman so yeah i do a lot of things when do you sleep the good <laughs> thing is i don't need much sleep oh. that's what's so great about <laughs> me i have a lot of energy in fact tracy i hold myself back really most of the time because i'm i just wake up raring to go i have a lot of energy well you are fortunate because i haven't met a nap i don't like yet <laughs> um so what do you do to relax do you ever do anything do you read do you garden do you read scripture do you go run i mean what do you do to just decompress um well people energize me i'm a people person mm -hmm, i'm an extrovert mm -hmm. so that energizes me but i hey i'm a spa girl too i love massages manicures pedicures i love reading i have three books at my my bed stand that i'm in the middle of reading so uh and then i i oh i actually i have a monthly i call it a coffee clutch i get together with girlfriends once a month and i've been doing that for years and what we do is um, we have a network of girlfriends, mm -hmm. but anybody that needs a girlfriend, if I met, meet somebody that's new to Lafayette and they don't know anybody, hey, come, it's, it's this coming Saturday actually, and um, we meet once a month and um, just a, a place for people to have a, a girls 
our age, because you know, it's hard to meet right. women your age, right. this age, um, to have a girlfriends. And I introduce them to a room full of girlfriends. So wow. we do all kind of things, take trips and you just name it. We do it and go to dinner and coffees and just, wow. yeah. That, that energizes me and that's fun too. It, that, that does sound like a lot of fun. What, are, what sort of things do you talk about? Well, um, <laughs> everything and anything. What, what we say is, that, that's what we are, a girlfriend's coffee clutch where we journey through life together. As you know, Tracy, the ups and downs and twists and turns of this roller coaster life that we're on, you're not, you don't have to do it alone. You got, uh, we got a bunch of girlfriends. In fact, if you look on my Facebook page, you'll see me in uh, pictures with lots of girls lots of times. That's our network of girlfriends that we just journey through life and do life with. And don't, you know? boy, don't we need that as women, even those of us who enjoy our solitary time. We, we call ourselves musketeer friends, one for all and all for one and cheerleader friends. We are each other's cheerleader. So we just are a, a support for each other. It's, mm. it's, it's a fabulous group of, of friends. What, I, I, I love that idea. I lo thank you so much for sharing that with us. So what, for a young lady, maybe she's in college, maybe she's about to graduate college and, and getting into the world, maybe she's a, 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 just a, a young professional, what would your advice be to her to be a success, not just financially, but just in life in general? What would, you, what would be your advice to her? I read the book, The Year of Yes. And often young people are timid and just don't know and they're insecure and don't want to live in the box. And I would say, just say yes to things, opportunities that come your way, network and, 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 um, and say yes to things. It's so easy to say, oh no, I can't go to that by myself or oh no, I can't do that. Oh no, I'm not qualified for that. Just say yes, because when you say yes, it opens up a world of possibilities. That's great advice. You know, I, I, I need to take as, that myself. As a young person, you know, they're just so, I think often they're timid and shy. Just yes, say yes. Mm -hmm. And it just opens up so much just by saying yes. Um, you shared something in one of the letters or, or, or some of the notes that you sent me when I did your, um, your story. What mantra, what goes through your head repeatedly each day or what is what is something that you always hold close to you that keeps you going maybe in a tough time or just keeps you going in general i live with kindness just do the kind thing in every and all situations be kind be generous think of others wow. you know just be thoughtful kind generous yeah we had so much of that in this world that would be great huh? yeah and be a friend you know we all are carrying a, a heavy burden just what can you do to in fact Tracy in my in my uh, purse here I have a, a I call it the little black book of kindness every day I just want to be better so this year it is I, a little I, black book I want I want to I want to be better so I started out in January uh -huh. and I each of this is a day I do something every day thinking of others so I wake up every day if, what can I do for, I just brought the girl cookies that was at the front desk. I've been bringing some little mm -hmm. gifts here yeah. and she's been taking them and giving them. I didn't have anything for her. So today I brought her a little gift, <laughs> you know? So she, in my little book, I'm gonna put that I brought cookies to the receptionist. KLFY. So I just, every day I think of others and what can I do, a kind thing. 
and it's <sighs> my little black. And so it, at 365 days at the end of the year, I'm going to fill up my book of 365 kindnesses. That and I've every morning you wake up thinking about somebody who, else. And who can I do? What can I do to bless somebody today and be kind and thoughtful? That is a great and, idea. And I just and you know it keeps us out of our own way a lot. Oh, huh? it does. <laughs> you know, it keeps your mind off yourself. You go, you get, you know, yeah. Wrapped up in your own stuff sometimes, so, and you forget the people are around that and need so, stuff. So it just, yeah, it takes the focus off yourself, and it's on others. Who can I bless? And then it, and then I listen. So when you, when I listen to needs, ah, okay, then I, I can do. On Friday they need that, you know, or what they're telling me this. That wow. pr so I know then. Put it, write that down to pray for them then or or on next week you're going to have a tough time hey tracy so i just you listen for needs and so it's really good miss carol you are deservedly a remarkable woman finalist and we are so incredibly thankful that god put you on this earth and especially here in acadiana because we are incredibly blessed to have you thank you so thank much you. thank I you i appreciate it we are joined today by Morgan Olivier, and Morgan hails from Iberia Parish. Uh, she is one of our finalists for the Caliph Y News 10's Remarkable Women campaign. Welcome and thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We are so happy to have you. Uh, Morgan was nominated because she is so well known in her community for giving back to her community and all that she does. Morgan, tell us a little bit, w welcome. Thank you. <laughs> tell us a little bit more about what you do. Okay, um, well, as you mentioned, I'm an entrepreneur. I run LRNA Companies, which is a traffic control and construction materials company that was started by my father in 99. And I also have my own company, um, Oak Agencies, where I provide marketing, consulting, and writing services. Now, aside from that, I feel like this goes on and on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's okay. But I am an, um, an author and a mental and spiritual health advocate. So I try to reach people all over the world and help them to heal and deal with their journey, you know, and find the purpose in all of life's pain and really grow from every step, you know, of their life. When you talk about all that you do, and that's mm -hmm. quite a bit that you do, mm -hmm. um, how, how did you start this process? And mm -hmm. walk us through just a little bit of how you organize your day, your thoughts, so that you can accomplish all that you want. Okay, well, my days start pretty early. They start at six. And I usually spend the first part of my day um, allocated towards my company, um, my writing, and my nonprofit. So, for example, as we've conversed, I'm on uh, the board of Angel Paws, the homeless shelter, um, and I do mentoring. So, usually, the first part of my day is trying to handle anything that pertains to those things. And, you know, from probably nine to until, as I say, I'm at LRNA getting everything together for. Um, you know, state projects. And we do airports, uh, streets, all kinds of different projects, actually. And you're talking about the road signs that many people are used to seeing along the highway. And yes. what uh, is unfortunate mm -hmm. with the podcast is that they can't see you. So first mm -hmm. of all, Morgan is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> and so to picture her in a hard hat and jeans, and that's just your normal wear, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So what do people, uh, how do you respond to folks who say, why do you choose to, to do this? I know you said that it was your father mm -hmm. who started this company. Yes, well, I mean, I guess for me, it's something I grew up with. Since I was in third grade, it's been in my life. And I've, I've also grown up around a lot of women that didn't really have that whole, you know, you have to sit in the house and be pretty thing. You know, you get out, you use your hands, you work, you work hard and you see the fruits of your labor. So, you know, since I was young, I was going on installations or doing things to where I applaud my mind, but also, you know, sweat, 
because mm -hmm. that's a part of it. And I think that really um, prepared me to be able to do so many different things in my life because I realized that people are going to always want to put you in a box or think that, you know, you can only do something because of your age or what you look like or where you come from. But I've grown up knowing that the only limitations I have are the ones that I try to put in front of myself and I don't see any. And you're in an industry mm -hmm. uh, male dominated. Yes. Yes. Wow. So that is always an interesting one. And it always it's always a joke because people come and they're waiting, to, you know, for some man to come out and help them load their truck or, you know, get the job together. And it's me. You know, <laughs> so, so it's always a little shock, but I feel like it's important. Representation is important. I mean, I'm 29, so I'm a millennial, I'm a woman and I'm a black woman. So there's so much I feel that, you know, we need to break barriers. So why not? Let's talk about those barriers because mm -hmm. this is something that's near and dear to your heart mm -hmm. with helping others. Mm -hmm. And of course, you're going to see Morgan's uh, story, her feature mm -hmm. uh, if you, um, on KLFY. Mm -hmm. But in listening to the podcast, Morgan, let's talk about why you reach out to folks so much, to women especially. Mm -hmm. What is your most important message or your main message? Well, you have a lot of messages. Yeah, I, I do. Um, but especially for women, I feel like we live in a time where there's always so much expected of us. And there's, how to articulate this in a way that's, you know, mm -hmm. but there's all of these influences and we're told we have to look a certain way. And, you know, we have to ignore certain things if people treat us a certain way. Or, you know, I'm struggling to like come up mm -hmm. with something to tell you, but um, I think my main message for women is to embrace who you are. There will always be someone that wants to define you, whether it's from a chapter of your life or where you come from or your family or your race, all these different things. And as women, I guess for years, we've always felt like we had to be quiet and just go along with what a man says. And sometimes, you know, it's right. Sometimes the best response is no response, but I think there is a season and a time for us as women to realize there are a lot of us out there and we're strong and we're resilient. I mean, you know, a man can do a lot of things, but he cannot create a life. You know, there's a lot of things that you know, only women can. And I think that if we would join together, you know, and identify our common, our commonalities, you know, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, we all walk a very similar journey, even if it's in, you know, different heels. <laughs> flats. That's Some right. Flats. Yes. Our heels. Steel toes. <laughs> right. um, what's impressed me so much about you in the short time that I've come to know you, uh, you mentioned your age. You mm -hmm. said you're 29 years yes. old. Mm -hmm. What important, in life lessons that mm -hmm. you have um, that you've mastered, that you have paid attention to, that you've gained at such a young age. Mm -hmm. So in essence, um, early on is great, but mm -hmm. it's never too late, right? It's to change it's never course. Too, it's never too late to change course. And it's never too late to like fall in love with yourself, if that makes any sense. You know, we, we spend so much time trying to be good enough for other people or be accepted by other people that we fail in a lot of us, especially women. We wait till later on in our lives to say, you know what? I shouldn't have wasted those years doing what was expected of me. I should have followed my passion. I should have, you know, stood up and said something. And I think as women and as people, period, if we can heal and deal with who we are as people and identify our strong, our strong suits and, you know, work off of that, it, it makes a difference. You know how difficult it is mm -hmm. for a lot of women to hear that? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. when you say love yourself, mm -hmm. 
it's almost as if you're speaking another language mm -hmm. to them because mm -hmm. they don't understand what that mm -hmm. self-worth and self means mm -hmm. and maybe we can help in that aspect would you agree that mm -hmm. it's okay to to be upset about something it's okay mm -hmm. to cry it's okay mm -hmm. it's not signs of weaknesses or anything like that no and that's how you heal from things and i think that we've been conditioned to you know if you don't cry that's a, a sign of strength you know don't cry in front of people or don't say anything or if someone does upset you oh set them straight you know go off mm -hmm. we're taught those things but in actuality you have to use discernment because sometimes the real testament of strength is not responding to weak people to foolish people to people that are doing things for a reaction. Just like, you know, a sign of strength is loving yourself in spite of all the things you might think of in your life. I mean, because again, you know, I, I had my pastor say, if you haven't gone through a hard time, you haven't lived long enough, just keep living. We all go through things. But to look back and say, you know what? I love myself at 29. I love myself who I was at 25 and 15 and all these other ages because I had to be all of those different people to be the person that I am. And if we can get to that point, it make a lot, you know, make it a lot easier. And we look at you. You talk about mm -hmm. the whole person, mm -hmm. and that includes spirituality as well, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so, what do you say to folks who learned that lesson maybe a little later rather than sooner? Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to inspire them to be grounded in that aspect? It's the same thing I tell a lot of people when it comes to mental health. Mental health and spiritual health go hand in hand. So you can work on your mental health all day, which is great. But until you work on them together, you're going to keep moving, but it's going to be in a circular motion, really. You're just going to go in circles like on a hamster wheel. You have to center yourself and, and detox yourself. And, you know, a lot of times when we say detox, we think of removing people or removing food. But when you honestly detox, you start from yourself. You look at your immature traits. You look at triggers or you look at things in you that are not right that you have to rid yourself of. And then when you do that, you realize why you may have allowed certain situations in your life or why you may have allowed certain people into your life because you still had that toxic thing within you. So after you can do that, you know, it's really, you're unstoppable because you're in order. You know, you know what your boundaries are and you realize that, you know, who God says you are trumps over what anyone else thinks of you or even what you think of you. So it, that's what brings you balance. And once you have that mental and spiritual balance, you really can't be stopped. That is so incredible. Mm -hmm. And all of these things can be found. Morgan, as she mentioned, is a writer. Mm -hmm. And so we want to take these last few minutes to talk about the two books that okay. you now have out. Yes. So um, we can start with Questions, Christ, and the Quarter Life Crisis. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Which was my first book. Um, and I wrote it. Um, I know we spoke with both writers, mm -hmm. literally in the notes of my phone throughout the years. And it takes me, it starts off in a place where I was just the most confused in my life. You know, I was 25 years old and I felt like I had everything I thought I wanted and I worked for and I was empty and I was confused and it's just everything was just, it seemed like everything was falling apart, every detail of my life. Some things were out of my control, some things were because of myself and my actions or my failures to act. And it took me getting mental and spiritual help, you know, talking with the counselor and saying like, look, this is where I am. And I'm very open about my, you know, mental health journey. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression when I was 19. So, you know, so going there and really just healing myself and understanding, you know, who I am. And after I was able to do that, I, you know, God works in mysterious ways, but I ended up getting into my church that I'm at now. Mm -hmm. So I was able to see where my voids were and then able to fill them with what they needed. 
So, you know, when you're a person that's struggling with controlling or, you know, always feel scared or unsure what to do, a lot of times what you need is discernment. What you need is clarity. What you need is balance. And spiritually, I was able to fill those voids with those things. So, you know, the book just really takes you and everyone, I feel, reaches that point, whether you're 25, 55, 65, mm-hmm. where, you know, you might be in this place where you're lost. But that's sometimes the whole part of the journey is to find yourself. And you can do that several times. Oh, right? I, I'd hope so. <laughs> you know, you should always be changing, you know. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. And your second book, I love the title. Oh, Blooming Bear? Yes. Yes. And it's actually a poetry and prose collection. So it's very similar to uh, Questions Christ in the Quarter Life Crisis, where, I, you know, I break it down into brokenness uh, um, and assessments, redirecting and embracing. So it's kind of what we all go through a lot, especially women. Mm-hmm. What, what starts our journeys is we reach this place where something, the light bulb goes off, as we like to say. It makes us pay attention to our life and we deal with pain or you know, regret or shame or confusion. And taking those seasons and assessing them and learning from them and seeing the bigger picture, then redirecting your life and understanding like we just discussed, you know, it's never too late to turn around. And also it's never too late to go in a completely different direction, you know? Maybe some of the people from your past uh, seasons will be there. Maybe they won't. Maybe some of the things you did before you'll do. Maybe you won't. But it leads you to this place where you can embrace yourself and, you know, have that confidence and that faith to not only love yourself, but love the journey and love where you're going. That is so incredibly Mm -hmm. beautiful. And of course, uh, Mm -hmm. we wish you luck on your journey. I know big things will continue to come from you you. as you go forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, she is one of our remarkable women finalists, uh, Ms. Morgan Olivier. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're visiting today with Ms. Pat Mason-Guillory. She is one of our finalists for a Remarkable Women series that we have going on. And we are very happy that Ms. Pat took some time out today because she's a busy lady. Now, Ms. Pat, you say that you're retired, but you probably are one of the busiest ladies in St. Landry Parish. <laughs> yes, I definitely. I don't know what the word retirement means at this point in my life, but I'll get there. Okay, so let's talk about... Um, your remarkable women being a finalist in that particular, uh, I won't call it a contest, but uh, among the entries, among the top entries, what was your reaction when you found out you were a finalist? Well, first of all, I I have never considered myself as being remarkable, but for those who think I am, I really appreciate that. I was excited, um, very excited when I saw when I received the phone call. Mm-hmm. So um, I just do what I have to do. But uh, I am humble, very humble. If there was somebody in your life that you could say you credit for the woman that you are now, the character that you have, the, the um, things that you live by, who would that person be? Tracy, to be honest, there would not be one, just one, because there were so many uh, people who influenced me because of, uh, because of my life journey. It wasn't easy being a single parent at the age of 16 and then again at the age of 18. So my life was more of a struggle. And to do that, um, I, I can recall one of my high school teachers um, 
one of my elementary teachers who turned out to be one of my best friends. And, and uh, there were so many elderly people in my life that, that motivated me to keep moving forward. And of course, um, my mother always believed in education and church. But when I came across that, those two stumbling stones, so I have to give credit to my two children. And the reason why I say that is because I wanted more for them. I did not want them to grow up in, at that time, what society labeled as the single parent syndrome. I did not want them to grow up on welfare. And I wanted them to have the necessity in life. And I, I think I attribute my drive to my success to my daughter and my son for, for, for me wanting to do more for them. What, you, know, you may have already answered this, you know, being a single mother was a huge challenge. What are some of the challenges outside of those things that really um, pushed you more and made you want to do more or be more? What was your biggest challenge? I, I think my biggest challenge was, um, where do I go from, from, from here, you know, like, um, I didn't have the opportunity to march in my high school uh, when I graduated from high school. So uh, that left a stigma on me. So my challenge was me. Mm -hmm. um, I had to do better. First of all, I had to get a job. <laughs> uh, so I got a job and then I'm like, you have to get an education. And when the two men that came into my life from St. Landry Parish School Board offered that opportunity to me. I grabbed at it because this was my chance to get an education at no cost to me and also to provide for my children. So I was my biggest challenge because I knew that traveling uh, to USL back then from Melville, Louisiana, mm -hmm. which was 35 plus miles one way, um, um, then um, the, 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 the challenge of, of once the program that I was on terminated, to oh, do you stop at this point in your life? And you, by program, you mean the educational the program? The educational program. It was uh, called Career Opportunity Program, and they paid for my college education. But then it was terminated. And then my challenge is, do you stop now? Where do you go from here? So I had to pursue that education. I had a year left in college, and so I did. And so my struggle was uh, making sure that my two children were safe, as well as food for them, and getting an education for myself. And work is not something that you have ever been uh, uh, allergic to, as they say. I have been working since I think about maybe nine years old. But as I, I, I grew older and I had my first child, I did housework for the teachers back then. And every Saturday, um, I had one of the teachers home to clean. And mm -hmm. uh, I did my little field work. But um, all of this made me stronger because and, and I really say this because there are so many young parents out there struggling now, but it was so different when I came. When I had my children, I had to do it. Mm -hmm. My mother didn't take care of my children. I didn't have anyone else to keep my kids, um, to say, okay, you go play. Right. No. Right. So my children 
were first in my life. And you worked, you, uh, you've told me stories about how you worked two jobs and, and that was just what happened. Once, once I finished college and, and uh, I was out for a year before St. Landry Parish School Board hired me as a full-time teacher. So I worked all jobs. And then once I got that job, I worked at McDonald's for three years in Opelousas. I also worked for seven years at Sears Roebuck as a catalog salesperson. Um, I've always worked, and I think working uh, helps build your character, mm -hmm. especially with the people that you come in contact with. Your passion now is the Veterans Memorial. Your story, obviously the one that, that, it, that runs during uh, Remarkable Women, talks about you know your journey with your son and putting him in the military and that sort of thing, but how do you continue every day to have so much passion and drive for that project? To be honest with you, some days I feel like just giving it up. But when I receive a phone call or a note in the mail saying thank you, we appreciate what you're doing, or a little card that says thank you, Miss Pat, for you and your committee, I, it, it gives me that, that reboost that I need. Um, I realized that when I first started back in 1988, and I, I did, I put him in the Army. Mm -hmm. and, and, and in 1990, I remember calling his recruiting sergeant saying, I want him out. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, just, he just looked at me, he said, you don't want to do that. But we were so thankful that during the time that Scotty was in the, during wartime, there was no casualties for uh, St. Landry Parish, Acadia, and the area. But somewhere down the line, um, I kept getting calls and we kept doing little things like flag raising ceremony and, and just um, meeting people with uh, family members in the military. And it just kind of like stayed with me. Um, the group that I had doing um, Desert Storm, we were known as MASH, and we bonded. So we became a family outside of a family. Um, they felt my pain and I felt their pain and concerns. So um, when, uh, so we, we just said, oh no, it's time to stop this. It's five years later, we were still hugging and, and, and reminiscing about the times that we shared during Desert Storm. And then, um, I got the call. Mm -hmm. I got the call in the middle of the night uh, asking me what was I going to do about this fallen hero uh, mother. And, and, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. And so I guess it was God's way of sending me to uh, Mrs. Clara Davis, and I can call her name because that was our only son. And I just reached out and it, um, it was just a little small question of going to the courthouse, asking just to put up a monument because he had spent so many years in the military. My son came home, her son didn't. Yeah. And it turned out to be a, a task. <laughs> 
it turned out to be bigger than me. All I wanted was a statue of Staff Sergeant Craig Davis because he had spent 24 years in the military. Right. And he was coming <clears> home, <throat> but unfortunately he got killed. And in doing this, after months and months of debating whether the, the council members should do it or not, it turned out was, oh, well, could you form a committee to honor all veterans? And the word began. God knows, only God gave me the strength and the committee members that stayed with me from 2004. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember the first group met in my home. It was four of us. It was only four. And um, we reached out and um, we grew, but, but what happened, Tracy, was sad because in the, the time frame, we lost another one. Yeah. Another military Another number. military person. We lost, that was number two. Then we lost another one the next year. And during this fight, so losing the first one was my calling, but then we lost a second one, and then a third one, and then a fourth one. And it's like, I never stopped thinking about what to do. And so the committee grew and the concerns and the support of the uh, parish and Acadiana grew, and I think I get my drives from that. Yeah. I, and I have to say this, and I don't like to call names, but when I started, I, I, did, I had nothing, and I still have no money. <clears throat> right. <laughs> I use my own personal time and money along with my committee members who do the same thing. Um, but when I reached out, because I remember back at Desert Storm, we had nothing. And then I went and Louis Viviana gave us a building and people just poured in donations and we mailed every week, we were mailing stuff uh, to the soldiers out in right. Saudi Arabia. And uh, I'll never forget that call. We were about to close shop. And I received the call from Bob Jaws uh, executive assistant and she said Mr. Jaws wants to see you and your committee in Lafayette and again I mean we all just got in cars and I'll never forget it was raining and we got to his place of business and he awarded us some money to continue our little operation well I want you to know that when I started the support group I had nothing and I went to him and he gave me my first $10,000 and it grew and grew. And then it, finally people like uh, um, the Myers family, Keith and Jenya Myers came aboard and their children. And this is what's so remarkable. These people uh, gave me the strength because when I look at their children donating their Christmas, annual Christmas money mm. to the memorial, and they did this, and, and they helped us to sponsor activities um, to, to, to get it going, and then people just start pouring in their support. It took us a long time to get that memorial, but what happened is when Bobby Dupree called and donated the land. We had the support, 
We had even sold bricks, Tracy. Right. Uh, people were calling me, when are you going to plant my brick down? We don't even have a plate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to put your brick, huh? <laughs> so, it's so funny is that, and I'm, I'm, I'm still selling bricks, yeah. but I had no place. And when I received that call uh, from Bobby Dupree to meet him on Highway 182, that's, I had no idea what it was. But when Bobby Dupree calls, you just go. <laughs> you know, you, you don't ask any questions. And God knows that was the furthest thing from my mind. Because at this point in my life, I had just like, where are we going to go? We had some property offered to us in Port Barry, but it was off, way off the highway. Right. And um, I said, okay, we'll see. I didn't say no. Right. But when I received that call and I met, I drove up, saw Bobby Dupree and Harvey Darbone, rest his soul. He was one of my committee members, very faithful. Um, I walked out there, spoke with him, and he said, I want to tell you something. I am giving you this land, but you have four years to get your project up and running. He said, if you don't do it in four years, it's going to result back to me. So I didn't need anything else. <laughs> we did it in two years from the time he gave it to us. Wow. And what a project it is. It's absolutely beautiful. If, if, if those of you listening or watching uh, have not seen it, do yourself a favor and do that. You still have plenty of room for bricks and plaques. Oh, God, we do. It, and, you know, Tracy, I, I, I think what people don't realize is that... We don't have any money. We don't have operational money. Yeah, you don't have When you purchase costs. a brick, that money goes toward the purchase of the brick. The two, ten, twelve dollars off that brick, it just helped maintain the memorial. Mm -hmm. uh, my committee members work very hard. They use their personal money. We buy stuff that we need. And you I, get some, and, and that, that's huge. But they, I, as I was out there, you guys get, happen to get some donations from local businesses and so yes, forth that help. We, um, Walmart and Karen Crow um, called and say we have mulch. And, and we take those things, but we still need people to help us to put Absolutely. it down. Um, we, we have uh, the two military family walls that we wanted to add something to the memorial to, to just give it some added beauty, but we need to sell those plaques. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's a lifetime to have your family, your military family on that wall. And it doesn't have to be somebody from St. Landry Parish. Oh, they no, can be from anywhere. no, no. We, we started this as a parish, but we realized that when you're in the military, we will never say no. When you serve this country, it doesn't matter. And most military folks will tell you that geographically, that's not what's important. It's just the fact that they're all one big that family. That's exactly right. All serving the United uh, States. So we, we, have, we have the walkway remembrance for military only, no matter where mm -hmm. you are, what branch you served in. If you served a day and you got an honorable discharge, your name can go on that brick walkway. We also have two civilian walkways where people can pay tribute to a family member, to a loved one, to themselves, or just in support on the right and the left of the monument. Uh, it's, it's so sad that we cannot add to the monument wall itself as those that were killed in action. Mm -hmm. But 
if that would happen, we would definitely make arrangements where we can add, we have enough property to add on. But um, this is not a paid job for me, it never has been. I, um, it's a seven day a week, 24 hour day job. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do it from my heart. And I do, I do get worn out, but when it's called to be done, I have to do it. It's a labor of love and it is an absolutely beautiful tribute. And Miss Pat, you said it, you know, best that this was a calling for you. This was something that has become your mission and each step of the way, a person, uh, God, somebody kind of gave you that nudge to keep going. And we certainly appreciate it. Although the, uh, the project itself kind of unofficially started in 2004, we know that, that it was laid on your heart back in 1988 when you put your son in the military. <laughs> the day I put him in, I became military. Uh, I do want to say that we have, uh, since I retired from St. Linda Parish School Board, we have a place called home. We have an office. Mm -hmm. I don't call it an office. I call it my little home because everything was always done at my house. Um, thanks to our uh, newly, well, he was acting, but now he's our parish government president. Uh, Jesse Bellard gave us an office. And uh, we're, I'm able to go there and work. And so I want people to know that our home office is located in the Yamberley building of Highway 190 in Opelousas. And I'm usually there, I don't get up and be there for eight o'clock, <laughs> when you come to think of it, I do sometimes. Uh, but I'm, I'm usually there almost every day, I'm in and out. Uh, my home number and my cell number is public. Um, because right now what we're working on is trying to get our website updated. Mm -hmm. We had a large number of bricks that we just put down within the last month or so. So we're trying to get them on the roster and get them up on our website. So, um, And if you have a second, go see her at her office because it's wonderfully decorated too. <laughs> Miss Pat, there is no question in my mind why you were a Remarkable Woman finalist. Uh, you certainly are an inspiration to a lot of us and we wanna say thank you for that and for your dedication. Well, I want to thank you, Tracy, because you two have a son now. You're walking in my shoes. And even when you weren't, you have always been there for our Veterans Memorial. And I, I just want to welcome people to support the memorial, mm -hmm. visit the memorial, and just um, take some time to say thanks to our military men and women. Not only those who serve, but those who are serving. And uh, I reminisce so much. I. I, I go back and look at all the letters from Desert Storm that they, the men and women sent me. I'm always looking at pictures and we have tons of scrapbooks. So I would love for you to come by, anyone who's in the sound of my voice, to uh, give us a call and, mm -hmm. and take time to visit the memorial. And remember, remember that it's volunteers who keep that memorial going. Yeah, all volunteers and you know miss pat will defer to her committee but she is uh she's kind of the fuel that drives them all miss pat thank you so much miss pat mason guillory one of our remarkable women finalists and deservedly so thank you so much 10 talks at katiana subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded a next star media production